0: It's 1:33 in Edmonton. Some guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Well, just in time for the Christmas season, the book is Grit and Glory, celebrating 40 years of the Edmonton Oilers. The author of the book, and uh, she has written a number of books over the years, Lorna Schultz Nicholson, and she joins us right now in orders now. Lorna, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. And you're staying away from me because.
1: <laughs> well, you've had a long road trip. So. I've, ha-
0: I've <laughs> had a month of long trips. Like it's been a. It's know-
1: been a grind for you guys, but what a weekend you had! Oh, oh. yeah,
0: yeah. And full disclosure here, let's get like I work for the Oilers Entertainment. Uh, your husband is the uh, is the vice chair of the company. Uh, you're uh, you've written numerous uh, children's books and numerous sports books, uh, including uh, the 2010 book on the Olympics. You mm-hmm. wrote a piece uh, extensively on the World Juniors as well. But how did uh, sort of how did the concept for a 40th anniversary book for the Oilers uh, come up?
1: You know, it's one of those things that just sort of happens, it sort of morphs. Um, Kevin Lowe and myself and Bob, we were all in Toronto, and I was talking to a publisher there, and all of a sudden it just sort of morphed out that you know, in one of those meetings where, hey, maybe we should do like a 40th anniversary book. That would be something that would be really interesting. Maybe we should do this, right? And then it just is one of those things you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, this fellow, Jordan Fenn, he had moved over to Random House and and then he ended up leaving. And when we the new person came on I was like do you still want to do the book and they were like absolutely we still want to do this book it's such a a team that is so rich with history that it would be a fabulous book
0: and an incredible fan base Uh, that's the other part of it right so it it helps it helps from from that end because I can tell you and you know this (laughs) because we personally discussed this uh in the last two years I've had two offers to write books on the Oilers but I work for the club so that ain't happening uh and the other thing is the workload. Like, Mark Spector basically took a year off to write the Battle of Alberta book. Joanne Ireland, I think she's working on her second book project right now, former writer of the I mean, there are countless. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people really understand how much work goes into putting uh, a book like this together.
1: It's a big job. And, I, you know, there were moments when I was writing it, I was thinking, whoa, this is this is." big, and I've got to interview this person, I've got to interview this person, and then once I got into the bellies of it, too, that's when I really started to realize how much Edmonton meant how much the Oilers meant to Edmonton and and the Edmonton fan base and and the people that surround this organization over these forty years that have just just kept this team alive and kept this team going in this small franchise in this small market franchise they've kept it together and I and I just sort of started digging deeper and deeper and deeper. So there were so many um, facets of the book. Not only was there the hockey side, which of course is huge. Obviously, that's why we're writing the book for the hockey side. But there was that whole other side when the team, you know, possibly was moving, and how Cal Nichols went, and and you know they got that group together to to form, you know, Photo, which was the Friends of the Oilers, and to put that together to to save the Oilers and keep them. So there was that was the thing that I found that. Um, it was the depth to it, and the and the work was that there were so many different facets. It wasn't just writing about a team.
0: I know he's no longer. Uh the governor for the team, he gave that up because uh, he was involved at one, at one time with uh, Stephen Mandel uh, with the downtown airport controversy. But for me, Cal Nichols belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like He he, sa- he didn't save the team once, he saved it twice. twice. He, he did the SOS campaign, uh, the season ticket campaign, yep. to drive the numbers up in about 1996-97, uh, and then in 98 obviously, yep. the Edmonton Investors Group and for eight years. And those guys did very well in that deal. I don't think they ever thought, <laughs> and, and, and Cal Cal was not the most well-heeled guy of that group. I mean, obviously, the whole family and Bruce Saville and the Kaiser Soze of Edmonton money, who was Harold Ruzin, uh those guys had you know a lot of cake in it, but Cal found a way, and that's one of the incredible uh, stories that you, you hit on in the book.
1: It's an incredible story. And and when you think of the ownership having, and I'm, I, you know, going back, like 31 owners, I mean, it shifted throughout the time right. period that it was there, so I, I, I use that, That number loosely Um, but the amount of owners I don't know if there's another team that's ever had you know that amount of owners and for the the price that they paid into it and the work that they went through to keep it and how they went through to keep it I mean Bruce Savile was involved obviously and there was numerous numerous other players involved that just stepped up to the plate to say we want to help out and we want to help save this team and keep this team and buy this team and And it was pretty incredible what the people of Edmonton did and the business owners, and it was clever.
0: Yeah, uh, Harold and Kathy Rosen, as you know, uh, uh, on the global board, on the chorus board, but uh, they ran WIC. Uh, head to head against the Griffiths family, who owned the Vancouver Canucks, and Harold out-dueled them on that. So it was interesting stuff. Lorna Schultz Nicholson joining us right now. The book again. It's out. It, wh-
1: is it? What is it? What is oh, it? It's a, available now. It is yeah, a, available. I, I, now. And I, you know, and I checked before I came today because the release date is tomorrow. Okay. But I did check every single chapter stores in. Um, in Edmonton has it. Okay, so okay.
0: grit and glory celebrating 40 years of the Edmonton Oilers. So here's one of the challenges when you're talking about the Edmonton Oilers, and we get this on the text line all the time on our Heartland 4 text line at 630-630. How do you pay homage to the 80s but don't overkill with the '80s, given some of the challenges the organizations had at different
1: stretches over the years. That was that's a really really good question. Uh, when I was writing it, because of course the the '80s are loaded, right? They're just they were loaded. I, I just wrote about hockey. I interviewed. You know, I was really fortunate to interview Dave Semenko, and I want to say that he was probably one of my most favorite interviews. I I got him early, like I started with Al Hamilton right off the get-go. Yeah. I just you know, I went through the bank of players, and of course, Dave Saminko was one of the next ones, so right. we literally sat in a Starbucks for probably three to four hours, and he told me story after story after story after story, and I mean, my jaw was like sore by the time I finished from laughing so hard, but so was my hand from just writing all these stories down, so I started off that way, and then that you know, the early eighties is all like the player dynamics, it's it's a lot of that. So then when I got into the later years and I mean, you know, let's be honest, there was a ten year stretch where they didn't make it into the into the playoffs. Right. And so for those ones, I mean that's when I really dove into all of the other um, dealings with, like, the, the selling and the buying of the team and the arena, right. the whole arena negotiations, like, at that point in time, I started talking to different lawyers that were involved in the arena negotiations, different people that were involved in that, just to kind of, um, to, to get to fuel that section of it, because Edmontonians are going to also remember that. They're going to remember, like, the day that, you know, went in the, on the newspaper that it said, hey, you know, this negotiation has been halted and this arena is right. not going through. And is the arena going through? Is it not? Like, are we selling the team? There's so many things to Daryl Kate spotted with on. Wayne
0: Gretzky in Seattle, that sort of thing, in yeah. September yeah. of 2012, right?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. There was, I've put all of that in. There was the Heritage Classic. I was able to put right. that in. Absolutely. Um, even, you know, the game that they played out at Horlick Park. Um, coming it, back
0: coming back on a yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: they played that game I was yeah. able to add that game I added things like the Yakupov slide I looked at Ben Scrivens when he you know made his 59 saves 15, yeah yep. his 59 saves I was able to get some photos of that so I really looked I really picked through different things to try to find like something that could make that year really exciting um, just different things like even I even added in the um, the octane girls because I thought that that was was a historical moment it, well, it, well it, it was history and it was controversial and it was controversial and it was history right it was historical yeah and and really that's what the book is it, it's it's a history i i there there's no way that i wanted to um make any sort of like brash statements in this book this isn't ball four no right which is no.
0: arguably one of the best baseball books ever written but it told like there's there's a code with the players: don't tell tales out of school. Absolutely. And so it's it's a book written. It's not a cheerleader piece. That's established that. But it's it's more of a. It's done from sort of a historical perspective, as to this is what's occurred in this city over the last forty years and what of forty years it's been through the ups and downs.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a historical account of what happened. And I wasn't out to write an expose either. You know what? One of the players can do that one day. <laughs> that's not for me.
0: Yeah. Well, those are tough things. We're gonna keep you here. It's one forty-two in Edmonton. are Joined by Laura Schultz-Nicholson, the book is Grit and Glory Celebrating 40 Years of the Edmonton Oilers. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Cam
0: Talbot back at it tomorrow against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is in Vancouver tonight. Devin Dubnik gets the start. It'll be Alex Stalock for the... Uh, Wild tomorrow. The Wild have already played seven home games. They're five 5 and two at home. They're six two and two overall. So, do the math there. They've had a home friendly schedule, and that is a game that the Edmonton Oilers have to capitalize on a team playing the second of a back to back off day for the team. We got in about one o'clock last night from Chicago. Bob Stauffer with you. We are joined by uh, Arthur. Author, uh, Lorna Schultz Nicholson, author of *Guts and Glory*, celebrating uh, 40 years of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so
1: you're tired.
0: Well, uh, it's it's just it's the double. It's I don't quite have the same ability to enunciate as well. And I've trust me, Lorna, I've mispronounced a lot of words over the years, That's as okay. as our listeners would know. Uh, all right, so. There was a, t- a difficult ten-year stretch, but there were some unique things that happened uh, during that. One of the things that happened was Sam Gagne getting eight, points, eight in w-
1: points in one in one game. I mean, I think it was a pretty incredible um, game for him. And I talked to Tom Rennie about that, and and he provided me with some quotes because, of course, he was coaching at the time, yeah. and he just said it was just one of those games where it was just sort of, you know, a really special game, and it was, you know, it was fabulous to have him to have Gagne do that.
0: Everything he touched turned to gold. I it mean, just
1: was pop, pop, pop.
0: The funny thing is uh, I'm gonna, I got. Uh, we have Stoffer and Specter coming up tomorrow for horse racing Alberta. 7,000 Albertans employed in the horse racing industry and I know Century Mile had a press conference on Friday and it was the last event over at Northlands for harness racing, but I remember Mark Specter wrote a piece about how, well, the Hawks got blown out 9-1 by the Oilers. Uh, Ryan Hopkins had five points that game and he said, uh, there's no way this is going to happen again, right? And then Sure enough that night Garnier got four goals and eight points. Eight it points. was it was it was an unbelievable eight night. Eight points. Big uh, game. I'm gonna assume because everybody in Edmonton knows where they were when the orders won the lottery and got mm. Connor McDavid, that that was one of the chapters in the book.
1: Oh, absolutely. That was a big chapter. And, and of course, I mean, I was here for that. So, and, and, you know, Bob, my husband was working for the Oilers at that time. So it was a little more, He's, um, he, no, he still is no. just, can we just, 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 yeah, he still is. He
0: still is. <laughs> he, uh, Renee Fasel has not convinced him to leave us and go to no, the no. IHF. Okay.
1: We're not going there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, so we were in Edmonton for that uh, lottery and that was a pretty special, special moment because, I mean, what are the odds on that one? I mean, you know, somebody I'm sure can give the odds, but what were the odds that, that Edmonton would once again get that first round pick? And be able to pick somebody like Connor McDavid. You know what,
0: uh, folks from Ontario—they hate the Oilers and Oilers fans because they had Wayne Gretzky. And then for Edmonton to end up getting Connor McDavid, <laughs> and for him to be as well—he's from
1: Newmarket too. And so he's just I mean. a
0: great—he's—he's he's a great kid. His parents oh. are tremendous people, and, and you know, it's like Nugent Hopkins. Like you can see in Ryan's case, and I know there's a lot of fans really happy with uh, Lorna with what's going on with Ryan this year. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, the personal challenge that he had as a kid, you know, not having a lot of money, dad having cancer. He's just so mature. And now he's grown into this. Mm
1: -hmm. I wrote, I wrote that piece on him when he was just about 16 or 17 years old. And I remember talking to his mother Yeah, and, um, you know, they, they really struggled a lot. And I talked to some of his coaches to, to write the little biography on him. And everybody said he was just so mature beyond his years and he was such a, a nice kid and so great in the dressing room and Connor is is very very similar like he really is. I wrote a, a children's book on Connor and just talking to his mom and dad and talking to Connor himself like they're just wonderful human beings.
0: Is it harder writing children's books or writing sort of a historical anthology? Oh, uh,
1: That's a good question. I mean obviously the children's books are a lot shorter so yeah. you're not as big of word count so they don't Take as long. Like this book is is fairly big word count. And there was a lot of how many um, words is it? I'm gonna say it's probably eighty thousand. Okay. But lots of photos. Yeah. And um, some different things too. Like I was able to dig up the you know the bub slug. Yeah. Um, cartoon. I dug that up and put that in. I what I really tried to do was find some things that if an Edmontonian is going to read this or or an Oilers fan is going to read this, they're going to say, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. And also get some inside stories where they can say, um, I didn't know that. Isn't that awesome? Like, there's a great photo of Paul Coffey and Yari Curry eating craft dinner. I just, I loved it. I put it in because I thought, I love this photo. Like, they're eating KD for lunch.
0: That's when the rookie bonuses weren't, you know. (laughs) Because, mind you, Yari was not a first-round draft choice. So, Paul was six overall, a little bit different. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me um. Alright, uh, one of the fun chapters would have been the playoff drive in 1670. Oh,
1: absolutely. That was really fun. Yeah, That was a fun chapter to write, just with the orange crush in the new building. Uh, you know, just all that energy that went into what was going on with the Oilers. The 10-year drought had been snapped. Right. So that was a really, really fun chapter to write. And then, and then, of course, you know, we I added a little bit about Hunter, because he was new with the new arena. And just sort of a few other things that I was able to capitalize on. On you know that the um, oil, the I don't want the what derrick. I, the oil, the derrick, derrick, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that was gone. Yeah, and then of course the, um, you know, the ceremony itself in Rogers Place at the very beginning. You know, when Mark and Wayne came, and, and
0: then the Calgary Flames went on the ice early. Yeah, and took the Brad Trail. That's Calgary <laughs> Flames for you, eh?
1: I love that story. I thought For all the folks was-
0: listening <laughs> down in Calgary, and hey, I'm the battle for Elba. I want you in the playoffs, too. I want the Oilers to make it and the Flames to make it. And I want us to play it. But just remember, you know how you spell dynasty in Calgary, Lorna? <laughs> no. I don't. O-N-E, one, because that's all I got. All righty, the book again. The book again is called uh, Grit and Glory Celebrating 40 Years of the Edmonton Letters. I'd like to thank Lorna Schultz-Nicholson for dropping by.
1: And I want to thank you, Bob Stoffer, because you helped me. Bob read the book for me, the last tail end of the book, and gave me a few special notes that were um, some edits, and I just wanted to say thanks to, thanks to you for doing that for me, because I really needed to rely on people people to help me and the community behind the book was amazing so thanks to you
0: well uh, we we enjoyed editing your book a lot more than Jack and me enjoy editing the media guide which no longer gets printed because now we want to we're, we're living this uh, paperless world right so now we don't print the media guide anymore but every year they had us we go to Winnipeg whenever we play Winnipeg because it's an hour and a half flight and the PR department hands us like 400 pages I of the media I'm like are you serious? you
1: know for the book I I had I obtained the very very first media guide from 1979 80 who was on the front
0: cover was it was it al hamilton
1: uh no it was um i think it was um was it Wayne? ace Garnet bailey wow three. am i right on that maybe he was one tough guy oh, you guys just asked me a really tough question <laughs> there you go I, I i don't know if
0: ace was on there but <laughs> i
1: have to look at that as, i think as, it was ace
0: as many people know ace. it was
1: al hamilton yeah ace. it was a- one of those two
0: ace wasn't think. obviously uh, passed now, someone's away someone's
1: probably going to phone in and say no it wasn't it was this person you know
0: and, what we can let's get somebody to text us right now it's 6 30 6 30 on our heartland for text line in the next two minutes tell us who was on the front cover of the orders first pr guy uh many of you know ace bailey passed away he was on one of the planes that was involved in 9 11. lauren i'm going to deselect you here because i got to do a couple liners here yep, okay no thanks problem. for coming in thank you very much you bet uh let's go to this day ironically enough, in Oeders history. It's brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group package, uh, vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. One of my favorite players, and you know what? I was—I uh, might have been the only guy that would say this about this guy. Go for it, Brendan. What do you got? On this day in 2009, Bob,
1: the Oilers build up a 4-0 lead and hang on to beat the Detroit Red Wings 6-5. Dustin Penner
0: has a goal and three assists. I think that was the game where Alex Hemsky got Cronwald and Penner only fought for his teammates. Like That's the thing about Penner. I know Craig McTavish wasn't a fan of his. He scored 93 goals over four years, and the owners got Oscar Kleffbaum back with a draft pick that they traded. Penner won two Stanley Cups of two different organizations. He was not—he was a thinking man's hockey player. Uh, there we go. Coming up tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, he has Drew Remenda on the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Is it the Eskimos show tonight as well, or is that... Had a bye week. No, they'll, they'll be back. Morley will have that at 7.30 tonight. Okay, there you go. We got that as well. Uh, tomorrow, Stauffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. Uh, up next, the news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Thanks for putting up with me today. <laughs>